Welcome to the Procure Strategy Podcast. Here, we talk about practical strategies and tips that lead to creating stronger supply chains and driving results. Here is your host, Louis Bastone. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Louis Bastone. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Procure Strategy Podcast, where we're on part four of our procurement process light series, which we will be talking about contracting and the contracting process and what as procurement professionals we should be doing. So the goal of the contracting phase for procurement professionals is to create a performance-based document that lays out the end result that is desired by our organization, as well as mitigating any risk throughout the length of the contract. So what the contract does in many ways is it takes all of the work that we've done before we got to this phase what we did in the scope of work and specifications phase, what we did in the RFX phase, what we did in the negotiation phase. And it really puts it into a document that highlights what the goals are, what we're looking to do, making sure that both parties fully understand what we're looking to do and making sure that it's agreed by both parties that that is the goal. And when it comes to the mitigating risk risk aspect, of course, we're working with legal a lot of the time because when it comes to mitigating risk, legal looks at a contract as more of a seatbelt than anything. And as procurement professionals, we should be looking at a contract as a performance-based document that does lay out that end result for our organization. So some tips to make a contract most effective is for us to understand that a contract doesn't know what we are buying. So we have to be very deliberate in the way that we form these contracts and that every contract isn't just a boilerplate contract template from our organization that we don't make any changes to at all based on what we are buying. The contract, the document itself has no idea what we are buying. We know what we're buying, and we need to make sure that is reflected within the document. We have to customize the contract to do things like set expectations and prevent excursions and predefine remedies if something goes wrong. And that is so important. It's so important that not only do we identify that things could go wrong in a contract, by the way of things like KPIs, that we set predefined remedies in the contract that if that thing does go wrong, what is going to be done and who's going to be responsible for doing it. It's also very important to go through a what could go wrong analysis with stakeholders to understand what should be in a contract because they understand much better than us about what sorts of things could go wrong with purchasing this good or service. And what this entails is really step one, what you want to do is you want to reverse engineer these issues um, 
and do that from the SOW document um, or from a performance criteria perspective. And you want to include those things in the contract. Now, sometimes these are going to be objective and sometimes they're going to be subjective. So when it comes to objective things that could go wrong, you just want to set a measure. Um, you just want to, you know, we want a uh, 99% on-time delivery rate, for example. If it's something that's subjective, you want to state in the contract, purchasing shall have exclusive right to determine if this deliverable was met. This helps take out any gray area from any subjective aspect and it's really important because if not then it becomes an our word versus their word which usually does not end up in a great supplier customer relationship the next thing is if this deliverable is important to us as procurement professionals we do want to add the language failure to perform to this deliverable to buyer's satisfaction shall constitute a material breach of contract now that's a huge deal because it lets the suppliers know that we're very serious about this specific thing and that if they breach the contract it could have serious consequences which really is the next step is it's to predefine in the contract what the remedy is for breach of this deliverable that could include things like price reduction um, or it could just include remedies to to get things back on the right path it really depends what deliverable we're talking about but what this process does is it helps identify and proactively identify what could go wrong and if that thing does go wrong what's actually going to be done about it and who's going to be doing it and how is it going to be measured it's so important that we have these sorts of things in contracts and it's something that so many contracts are missing because we've done all the work to this point and we think everything should be fine if we just sign a boilerplate contract and some of the time it is but when it's not the worst thing that could possibly happen is that we signed a contract, the supplier's doing exactly what's in the contract, and we're still not happy about it. That means that we have a bad contract, and it happens all the time, which makes it very difficult to do something about because to the supplier's knowledge, they're doing everything in the contract that they should be doing, but on our end, we're not happy with the end result. So that is a, a very negative negative things so when it comes to contracting just to recap the goal is to take all the work that we've done up to this point and to put it into a performance-based document that lays out the desired end result that we have and if that's not being met what is going to happen who's going to be responsible for it, and who's going to actually measure the outcome of the remedy. Next, we have our last, um, our last part of this series, which is our supplier relationship management portion. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.